Hey, what's going on? It's Cronus and Bunny Money Bunny Bunny Man. And we're back. That's right. We need a new intro song though. Back in black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a it's been a couple weeks, so yeah. uh, get back into it. We've had a whole bunch of stuff that's happened since we last had a podcast. Right. So what do you want to talk about first? Uh I don't know. Let's just I guess just catch up and uh and see what uh what we've been up to, I guess. Well, actually, the first thing I want to talk about, because it's also number one on our list, yes. was we went uh, to go float. Yes. I appreciate you taking me and treating me on my very first float experience. Um, it was nice. I went back again, uh, I think, the following Monday or something. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So you liked it. I did. Good. Yeah, good. Yeah. So tell us about your, your first time experience. What were your thoughts? And did, did you have any like effects after or anything? Or Yeah. Actually, it was really interesting. So... Actually, hold on. Yeah, go ahead. Let's break down first Let's, what, what the floating fuck it is. is. Yeah. yeah, people are like, what the floating? Yeah. Go ahead. So uh, we went to this thing. It's it's used to be called the sensory deprivation flotation chamber, but now mm. I think it's just called the float tank, right? Mm. That's the easier way to put it. So basically mm. you you lay down in what looks like kind of like a big-ass coffin, and it has about 10 inches of water in it, and it's warmed up to your skin temperature. It's about 92 degrees, and there's about 1,000 pounds of uh, medical-grade Epsom salt mm-hmm. in the water. So you're going to float no matter what. It was weird for me because when I first went in there, I never floated in any kind of water, <laughs> and I, you, you, you will float in this water, I guarantee right. you. So right. basically, you go in this in this tank and you close the door, and the the whole thing is you're supposed to be, um, all your senses are supposed to be cut off, so you don't right. hear anything, you don't feel anything, you don't smell anything. What are the other ones, shit, you don't uh, taste anything. Nothing. <laughs> you just you're you become a brain. Yeah, you feel like you're just <laughs> floating through space. Yeah, that yeah. is how it feels. Yeah, so go ahead. Now you can yeah, talk yeah. about your experience. Um, so, okay, so basically, you know, like you said, when you, you go into the tank, it's it's half full of salt water. So you lay down and you just literally start floating. Like, you cannot sink. You can't even sink. You can't drown if you... Unless you were face well, down. Well, unless you were face down <laughs> and held yourself down. But yeah, there's no yeah. way to sink. And so basically uh, what that does is... Um, it takes away all the senses that you're normally processing, which also distracts you in, in your daily life. So yeah. your sense of touch, like you said, your smell, all that stuff. And so because those senses are gone, it kind of lets your brain relax and your body, you go into those um, theta brain waves. Theta state, yeah. And, uh, and you kind of like, it's like a deep, it's like almost like a analog way to find meditation yeah it's like a it's almost forced meditation it is pretty much and uh so yeah my first experience was great i um halfway in i realized that i felt like my body was like rotating (laughs) yeah in space you know i felt like literally like when you see the astronauts in space stations just kind of floating slowly and spinning slowly that's what i felt like even though i knew i was just laying there and um yeah, and I just kind of let the first session. I my brain honestly, I had a lot of stuff on my mind, so I, I wasn't as relaxed. The second one, I went in there, telling myself to just not think of anything, and I kind of just let everything um, go. But the interesting thing is that I've been dealing with high blood pressure for a while now, hmm. and I've been taking med. It's all stress related, I think. But I've been taking medication, and the medication wasn't doing much. Uh, it's you know my blood pressure was always around 180 over like 90 or something like wow. that yeah. and even with the medication it was just going down to like maybe 180 to like 80 or something you know it wasn't doing much and yeah. uh uh 
And then literally the day that after I floated the first time, I went straight to the doctor. I had an appointment and my blood pressure was like uh, 170 over 70. Nice. And it was like, he was like, oh, your blood pressure is so low. The medication must be working. I was like, actually, I haven't taken the medication in a week, but I just floated. (laughs) (laughs) And, And that's what the lady told me that, you know, it does do that for you is it lowers your blood pressure and stuff. And. Um, so I realized, like, wow, like, there's a lot of benefits you could get out of that. Just, so I'm definitely going to keep doing it. And it's not that expensive. No, no. Especially, like, right now, the one in Oakland, it's only, like, $47 right. for the whole month. So it's super cheap. I don't get how they make it that cheap, though. Do they reuse the salt? Because... Yeah, so what they do uh-huh. is, um, after you get out of it, there's, like, a pump, right? And they filter everything to, like, a UV pump and another kind of pump. Uh-huh. So they just, they recycle everything. But it's all, it. it's, like, it's filtered. Got it. Right. And plus, nothing can really grow in that much... Epsom salt. salt. Yeah. Right. Well, it's actually, you know what's funny is that it's not actually salt. Mm. I thought Epsom salt was salt, but it's magnesium sulfate. Right. Yeah. Um, right. It's not, what is it, chloride, sodium chloride. Right. Yeah. That was another thing is that when I got out, I knew exactly all, like on my body, what parts of my muscles were sore. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I worked out, my leg was sore, my left leg and my lower back. I have lower back, like, um, muscle spasms and stuff. And mm-hmm. I felt it, like, all there. I was like, oh, this, it kind of, like, was like a light massage or something like that yeah you come out almost like a new person like you're so relaxed and just like the first time you got to move you're just like whoa yeah like things are different yeah (laughs) yeah i definitely you know that's on my list for when i have a nice crib i'm gonna get my own room with a float tank and uh see how many hours i could just chill out in there and it's on my list too but they're the good ones are expensive like 50 grand or something like well not 50 oh that's like the best one it's like okay but you can get one for like probably below 10 grand yeah like six or seven is usually like you can get i think it's samihata or something like that the one that you floated in yeah it's similar to that they're about you know between five and seven grand yeah, and then you got to get the whole system with the pumps and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, it comes with, like, the pumps and all that stuff, but you have yeah. to, obviously, there's upkeep, right? Right. The salt and the water and all that stuff. Like, the first thing I had to put salt in there, it's 1,000 pounds of salt. This right. shit's expensive, so. Yeah, yeah. So, so anybody out there listening, you know, um, floating is, is very interesting. It's it's kind of like a, a way to shortcut meditation or whatever and just, it's you know what? It's just a way to relax. It forces you mentally and physically to relax and... uh Steph Curry from the Warriors be floating, so, you know, <laughs> if he can do it, then, you know, everybody should try it. Yeah, it's, uh, after I float, it's way easier to, there's a thing called the flow state, which mm-hmm. is, I got introduced to when I was doing jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. there's like a flow state you get into where things are kind of automatic. Right. And I get into the flow state way easier after I floated. Correct. So, it's, it, it's really neat. Next time, I gotta get you to go to, uh, the cryo chamber. That's, that's the oh extreme. yeah yeah <laughs> I don't want to accidentally die like that lady though. you're not gonna die well the lady that died they weren't supervising her I don't think so they're gonna get sued in oblivion well she so. I think she I thought she was the owner of the place and she did it to herself oh well then or yeah, something she did yeah. it she did it by her anyways but uh, you should never go into one of those by yourself yeah like with nobody sounds, watching you yeah, yeah on such a short time but uh yeah no floating you know what what I realize is that especially in this day and age we we are constantly being bombarded with distractions mentally and physically and it's not healthy for us no. you know it's not and so i think um taking the time out for an hour to just like lay down and meditate is well worth it yeah it sounds stupid until you do it and you're like yeah. oh i get it now because you think you're like oh i could just lay in bed well it's not like it's, it's not, not laying in bed no <laughs> yeah. it, you know it, it's it seems kind of new age hokey and stuff but i think with all new age spiritual type things like even meditation is now being 
backed up by science. Yeah. And so, so many more mainstream people that don't give a shit about spiritualism or anything like that are still turning to these uh, methods to find a way to relax, to perform better, to increase their happiness in life. And, and so I think that's something floating is definitely, you know, part of that equation if, if you can find it. Yeah, I think it's, you were talking about spiritualism, I think last podcast, mm. or maybe the one before that, but mm-hmm. I think this is a way to kind of get in touch to like a pseudo spiritualism because basically your brain just does whatever it wants and you can kind of get into touch with some pretty deep shit. Yeah. You know, or you could just relax. Yeah, you could just relax. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> it's definitely a way for people who, who aren't into the idea of meditation or prayer even, or whatever it is that people do to, to, to go deeper in themselves. I think this is a great way to do it because um, you just literally lay down in warm water and you just hang out, wait, and uh, yeah, I think uh, people should try. It's not widespread yet, though. No, but it's gaining popularity. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the guys that made it popular is Joe Rogan. You know what's hilarious is that I yes. just saw him at the fucking airport yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, I <laughs> was walking. Funny. Like I was walking. I was like, holy shit! Like I looked up and it was Joe Rogan. Yeah, and I think it was with his family. So I was like, hey, what's going on, man? I just kept walking because I don't want to like bother him. Right. You know, but it was uh, it's pretty cool to see him. Yeah, did you? Were you like, "Yo, it's Black Joe Rogan"? Saying, Let's talk to Joe Rogan. <laughs> no, I just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I think if he was like by himself, I might have been like, "Hey, can I get a picture?" Because like nobody right. else was like recognized him. Right. But I saw he was like with like kids and shit. And I was just like, I don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? Joe Rogan's an interesting character because he his his evolution as a public figure has been interesting because he started off as just being like the UFC slash was it X Factor or no, Fear Factor, Fear Factor uh, guy. And then, you know, he was doing the podcast and radio stuff and, and then just sharing all his theories on living and stuff. And Yeah. Yeah, I heard about floating from him, too, just saying he likes to smoke and lay down and float. I want to do that, too. I just didn't want to smoke my first time because yeah, I want to yeah. just experience it cleanly. I still haven't done it um, enhanced at all. It mm-hmm. just One day I will. But I know. smoked a lot of weed in my life, and I, I, I'm, I don't smoke. I smoke once in a while now, but... Uh, the romanticism of it is gone. I think finding, yeah, I think finding, or my theory now is finding a way to attain a higher self is if you can find that sober, it's probably much stronger and deeper than needing drugs to be relaxed or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But your friends, your brain is full of drugs anyway. So it's just how you get to them, I guess. That is true, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, people shouldn't be doing coke every weekend. And yeah, like, yeah, that's true. You know, shit like that. I think everybody should do mushroom. We're turning this into a drug conversation. No, it's I think, all good. I think everybody. <laughs> I think my my theory is that trying weed is cool. Uh, everybody should try mushrooms or acid at least once in their life in a supervised, positive kind of environment. Yeah. Um, and everything else is potentially dangerous. <laughs> Well, Maybe E. I guess, you know, if you want to go to a rave or whatever, that's a fun cultural thing. But, I mean, I've done, dude, I've done a lot of shit in my life. I've smoked crack. I've smoked meth. <laughs> you smoke holy shit, <laughs> I'm dude. not even joking, dude. Like, God damn. I was a bad kid. I, I, I went down. I almost, you know, threw my life away at one point. So, I, I've seen the dark side, and uh, I cannot condone the use of hard drugs after weed. <laughs> yeah, I've never done, I've only done cannabis uh-huh. and that's about it. Other than like, you know, normal drugs, like alcohol and shit like that. Dude, so, are you, are, yeah. dude, we, can I, can, I think we should trip sometime. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, always, I'm down to do down, it. Yeah. I, I gotta tell you, man, you will love it. Well, I've always wanted, I want, I want to do like ayahuasca. You know yes. what I mean? I actually want to go to like, Peru any of those it. types, yeah. but even if you just start off like with mushrooms, yeah. Um, 
like I, for instance, introduced my lady to mushrooms a week, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was like life changing for her. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, I, I mean, really good things about it. That's why there's a growing movement of using mushrooms in very low doses for uh, psychology and therapy and stuff like that. Because basically, what it does is it takes your inhibitions, your mental your ego, your insecurities, all the stuff that gets in the way of you being able to uh, analyze yourself mm-hmm. fairly. And it just strips it all away. So you could think about an issue or think about a problem you have or whatever it is. And you just see it in a very pure, like non-judgmental and non-fearful way. And it allows you to go really deep into your own psychology. Cause you know, in the, in, in your daily life, you're constantly being judged by yourself by people that aren't even next to you like if like for instance if i go shopping and i pick up a shirt i'm wondering like oh i wonder what you know my girl is gonna think is she gonna like this shirt or what would you know yeah what would this person random person that's not even here right now think about if i did that and not to mention your own self-judgment so i think uh psychedelics are a shortcut i don't think it's the only way obviously i think if you can meditate and do things like that or just have a uh, you know that holistic type ways you could find your way too, but if you're ever stuck, like just taking some shrooms or acid, even better, like it just definitely fucking opens. Like definitely, like my greatest realizations. Some some of them have come while I've been tripping. Nice, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm down. All right, yeah. cool. It's I'll funny. Set it up. It's funny you mentioned like a low dose thing because I've had my uh, my cannabis card for a while, but yeah. I, I never do it like to, to get like super high. Right. I have like one two hits and then I'm good. You know, like I just right. want that I'm good feeling. I I definitely respect that because I think the overconsumption of drugs is what makes it um, addictive and and traumatic to your own development. So so like I used to smoke like five six times a day. Wow. <laughs> just and you know i would tell myself oh but i still get my shit done but then like after a certain age i was like oh, actually i'm pretty retarded right now like <laughs> i don't think i'm actually getting shit done anymore so yeah you know now i smoke once every couple weeks or something like that the most that's cool yeah, yeah. Th- that's good if, if you see it being a problem and then fixing it i think a lot of people they see the problem and then they ignore it and that's, that is true. that's bad <laughs> i think most people can't tell when they have a problem really i feel like people tell themselves the most damaging lies you tell are the ones you tell yourself. That's true. So yeah. it's just like they say with a an addict or an alcoholic, the first step is admitting that you have a problem. Yeah. yeah. You know, because people always have the same excuses. Like, oh, I don't drink in the daytime. I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. And then they are drinking in the daytime all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, the whole addiction thing, I think it's, it's weird to me because I used to smoke cigarettes all the time. And yeah. people used to tell me it was like so addicting, blah, blah, blah. I remember like I used to smoke, well, I smoked from like the age of like, probably 17 to like 22 or 23 mm-hmm. and then one day i was getting on the marine Corps, i was like you know what i'm done smoking i just yeah. fucking quit and nice. I, I didn't have any kind of like crazy withdrawals or anything yeah. i didn't want a cigarette ever again i was just like nice. every now and again i might have smoked like one cigarette mm-hmm. but like i never felt the draw to go back to smoking yeah i've been battling with that recently again ever since i went to morocco started smoking and then and then since i came back i've been going on and off constantly and uh and I realized it's definitely not the cigarettes. It's definitely... Is it the oral fixation thing? I just love putting shit in my mouth, you know? <laughs> 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 I, uh, you know, it's like I still haven't built enough, I think, healthy habits to cope with my stress. Yeah. 
So going to the gym is helpful. The more that I go to the gym, the less I smoke, obviously. Definitely, yeah. Um, but I think I need to take another stand and be like, ah, fuck these cigarettes, because they're not good for you. No, they're There's not. There's literally no reason to smoke them. And, like, the little high that you get is so fucking short. It's not even a high. It just makes you sick eventually, like, yeah. you know. Because, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'll tell you, like, so when I did my crack, my crack period... Uh, when I got off of that, I was so sensitive to any chemicals in my body that when I had a cigarette, I realized that the chemicals that they add in there are the same chemicals that are in crack, and they just put it in such tiny dosages that you don't get addicted until you have a thousand cigarettes or mm. however many. And But it is literally the same exact chemicals and more because... I felt the exact process that my body went through of like this really like this high followed by a sickness where it's like leaving your body and yeah. your body's going like, no, this is not good for you, you know, and your blood pressure goes up or you start sweating or your heart or whatever it is. So cigarettes are definitely the devil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to any cigarette smokers out there. No, no, no. It's, it's it, all good. It is what it is. I remember for like the longest time I thought I might have been an alcoholic mm. and then I just realized I had a cunty fucking wife. Like, that's the reason why i kept drinking so much yeah like now it's, it's not a problem at all <laughs> you're funny yeah you know what i re- i listened to another podcast forget which one but sorry they they uh this lady made a very good point that she believed that all addiction comes from pain like harmful addictions you yeah, know it's yeah. it's you coping with some sort of pain in your life and uh and that's why it becomes an addiction because you're allowing it to become repetitive enough or you're using turning to it enough where it becomes your habit your response your automated response to whatever it is you know it makes sense especially when your reality sucks might as well make your reality something different for a little while you know (laughs) yeah no it's true it is an escape and i think in this culture we're full of different types of escapes you know that are harmful and not harmful and uh i do think that Coping with daily life and having life skills should be taught way early on compared to the fact that it's never taught. <laughs> yeah, it's not taught at all. It's not like, taught at all. Most people don't understand what it's like to that you can shape your own reality right. and like you get what you put into it. You right. know what I mean? Like people, there's so many kids and even adults today that are just they're so far behind mm-hmm. on like where they should be and like accepting their their role in life. And I think yes. that's a big one. Yes, if you can't accept where you're at in life then you're, you got some huge problems that you need to fix. I agree. I think um, it's so – yeah, wow, we're going deeper on that. There's so many problems. It's just like uh, critical thinking skills. Yeah. It's um, also recognizing the programming that you're under from your parenting, your parents, from your social circles, and, and then figuring out what you want. And uh, it's definitely uh, a lifelong battle, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, it is. For some people. Actually, no, uh, something I actually wanted to say on our last podcast is you were asking me why I was angry as a kid. Mm. And after, like we were talking about, we already changed subject, and I thought about <laughs> why I was really angry. Yeah. And this is like, this is like legit. Yeah, yeah. So the reason why I was really angry when I was a kid is because yeah. basically at, uh, we were being abused by our parents. Right? right. Both me and my brother, and we actually ended up in a foster home. Got it. For a while. And I remember just being so fucking pissed. Yeah. Like all the time because yeah. we were being abused and shit like that. And I was just like, it didn't manifest itself until like later in life and i didn't understand why i was always so mad yes. until like way later on and it was something that i couldn't it it couldn't be resolved right. and even to this day i can't resolve it because something happened to my mom where basically i can't i can't resolve it at all i see um 
and yeah, that was a huge part of it. And that also goes into some stuff I'm going to talk about later about uh, African community, African American communities, and like the problems that I see with it. Part of it is abusing your children. That's really mm. like a mainstay, and I don't mm. understand why it's just like totally accepted now. Like people talk about spanking kids, but um, they go think, way beyond that. Yeah, I think yeah. when it comes down to like beating, and you, when you're hitting your kid with like an object, mm-hmm. and you're leaving marks and shit like that, I mm-hmm. think there's something really wrong there you know oh i agree i think all uh expressions of violence is is really an expression of anger at yourself in a lot of ways yeah and maybe you know it's a generational thing um and i and i've been thinking about this a lot lately actually is that kids when they're born are just these pure little beings that i think the natural state is to just want to be happy and to have love and comfort and then basically depending on their parents they're basically they're taught whether that is their reality or not. And then when kids get abused and stuff, the thing is that they grow up thinking that's normal. Yeah. Like even kids who are like way abused, like sexually abused or whatever, like really horrible stuff. They always normalize it, you know? And it's not until they reach a certain age that they're like, wait a second, that's not fucking normal. That's why I'm fucked up. You know what I mean? And, And so, so I definitely think anger like, for me, I was angry because my dad wasn't home when I was a kid, and so I was very angry at him, you know? And it's like, um, I think kids, man, parenting is hard, man, but kids need as much love and, like, acceptance as possible and not uh, the feeling of abandonment or abuse or pain or whatever because then it just comes back out at other people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to to spank my daughter, and mm-hmm. then one day I just realized I was like, "This is like it's not going anywhere." Like she's not learning from this, <laughs> you know. And if, if I can't sit down with like a young kid and explain to them why not to do something, mm-hmm. then how good of a parent am I? You right. know what I mean? It's like if, if if my only recourse is to physically hurt you to mm-hmm. get you to understand. Did you first of all? Did you are you really going to understand right. why I'm physically abusing you? And not you know, really second usually. of all, how good am I as a parent if I can't fucking talk to a, a kid? That's my own kid. You know, I agree. I think it takes much more discipline and and uh, uh, inner strength to train a kid with your words. Yeah, because it means you have to be a better example and you have to like be consistent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus when you hit a kid, they well for me when I would get a hit, I would just my lesson was always don't get caught next time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? It was never, like, the lesson they wanted me to learn. It was yeah. just, like, what can I do next time to avoid me getting spanked, which is I got to be smarter about the shit that I'm doing, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it didn't is, make me better. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's one of the huge problems. I think people don't even think about it. They're just like, oh, they they, they did something I told them not to. I'm just going to hurt them. And it's just like, you got to break down why. Because I've seen, I've seen this even to this day where people just yell at their kids or spank them yeah. or whatever, and they don't even explain to them why the fuck they're doing it. Right, they just... They just explode with their own expression of anger, and then the kid has no idea why. Yeah, and it's like, and they're never going to understand why, and they're going to just pass it on to their kids or just become a bully. Like I became a bully for a while, and yeah, just, yeah. you know, it's fucked up. Yeah. So, but, it, look, but it's true though. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting, and I do think to, to to also add is that I do think there are people that have a very <laughs> like they think it's cool to to spank their kids like it's the old-fashioned cool thing to do yeah you know what i mean like there should be pride like oh well kids just need a beating sometimes and it's like 
I don't know if they do. I think they maybe they don't. Yeah, it's <laughs> like know, it's like we walk up to an adult. Live. It's like we walk up to an adult and just fucking him up. Be like, you know what? You just deserve an ass whooping every now and again. <laughs> you know, it's just like <laughs> really. <laughs> you know? That's true. Like people would find that as ridiculous, right? Yeah, so. Yeah. I think Asians also beat their kids too, or at least in my generation. So, um, my dad thankfully didn't beat me too much. He he did he did have his moments when I really fucked up, but but I knew plenty of kids that were straight up abused all the time, and yeah. it was just not even thought of as abuse because it was like how you get raised as a kid. You know yeah. What I mean? um, Same thing in the African American community. It's pretty much almost one hundred percent. So it's is pretty it? close. Yeah. I don't, out of all my, I don't know any of my black friends that weren't at least spanked when they were kids. Oh, for sure, especially in yeah. our generation. It might yeah. be changing now that we're turning into parents or we're old enough. But uh, I do remember now that you mention it, I remember a couple times because I grew up in Oakland, so grew up around plenty of black people. I do remember a couple times being out in public, seeing like a black mom like whooping the shit out of her yeah. kid, in and public. I'm talking like, yeah. <laughs> wh- like, like UFC style, like whooping the shit, and I was like fearful for my life watching that shit i was like this is hardcore you know (laughs) um but again like i said this also happens in the asian community so i i just thought maybe that's the way it is it's not everybody it's it's a lot of people but it's not it's not everybody yeah that's true a lot of people think that oh you don't spank your kids what what happens when they say no well you just fucking talk to them you know what i mean it's like you're the adult yeah so i mean i understand the the argument but the same time, communication skills. You know? It is communication skills, and also teaching your kids to have strong moral values and and logic. Yeah. So that way you can talk to them that they can figure out for themselves what's right or wrong. And it all comes from you, you know, all those, those moral values and all that. All comes from from the parent. Yeah. So, like, if you have to get to that point to where you're spanking them, it's like, oh, you might have fucked up a while ago, you know. So, <laughs> and uh, to realize that is is tough. Well, let's face it, man. People. Our parents way before they're actually ready to be parents. Oh yeah, I definitely was. It's yeah. our lifespans are very short. You know, if we if we didn't, ha- especially with reproductive uh, limits, it's like if if women could have babies at any point in their life, like none of us would really be psychologically fit to have kids until we're like thirty, maybe. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> we don't. We don't have time for that shit. So we make mistakes and we try to become better people while we're doing it. But then you know we also. Put some of our bullshit on the kids too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, we went off on a total. Oh yeah, like, total tangent. Crazy tangent. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um. Anyway, I think on the last podcast I was talking about how actually no, did I even fail the Spartan Beast at that point? I don't know. No, the last podcast you said you wanted to redeem yourself. Okay, so I did fail. Yeah. yeah. All right, so I did redeem myself. Ran a Spartan Beast up in Washington. Yeah. Fucking won. Well, I didn't beat. I didn't win. Win, but I, I finished you the course. Won yourself. Yeah. So <laughs> got my little bullshit medal. Nice. Or whatever. But I fucked up my foot in the process. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, it's it's good to be able to, to fail at something and then come back and, and win. Oh, dude, that's so. like almost better than just winning the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you you know what defeat tastes like. And so when you were running, were you pretty smooth, or did you get kind of a point where you're like you had to push yourself, like there remember. Were- what happened and then use that as fuel there was a point at like probably around nine or ten miles which is funny because that's where i failed last time where my body was just like my legs started to be like hey man right we're getting kind of tired here yeah what the fuck so i just you know kept that at a, at a fast walk and then with some jogging and running and then kind of slowed down a little bit but mm-hmm. never in my mind did i think hey it's time to quit or yeah. you know it's too cold or whatever i was we're gonna fucking keep going right so yeah and i never never once thought about stopping or anything so 
But last time you didn't make it because your body gave out. Yeah, yeah, hypothermia, man. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I kept shaking and pretty serious. That was it. Yeah. How did you know at that time you were done? Uh, I couldn't stop shaking, man. It was like I was worse than Parkinson's disease. Really? Probably like right around Parkinson's. Like it was like I couldn't stop shaking at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll try to hold a cup of water and it's like spilling everywhere. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, my brain was luckily was still there. Yeah. And they said, as long as you're still shaking, it's like an automatic response, so it's not as bad. But yeah, yeah. The, the amount that I was shaking, like, I couldn't do anything. It was too man. much. Yeah. So then this time, what did you do differently? I brought different gear. Like, uh, I got, to like... To stay warmer? A, yeah, to stay warmer, just mm-hmm. in case. And this one, it was it was warmer anyway, but the water mm-hmm. was cold as fuck. So mm-hmm. I brought new merino wool socks. I got, like, a hip pack full of, like, shit that I didn't really even use. Mm-hmm. So I brought, like, hand warmers. Mm-hmm. Um, a headlamp this time in case I needed it, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I got, like, a different uh, layer of uh, warm clothing underneath. And I brought, like, a raincoat just in case I needed it because it was fucking Seattle. Nice. So, yeah. And a bunch of, like, I got some salt tablets so I didn't cramp up and some goo which is like this liquid shit that you can take. Salt like tablets? Yeah, yeah. Did you take them? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. I took them like pretty much on schedule. I tried to take them every hour, but I kind of fucked up a couple times. Uh-huh. But if you take them like on schedule, you probably won't cramp up. Oh, interesting. So I remember a couple times I was a little off schedule and I felt like a little tinge of a cramp. I was like, oh, nope, stop, you know, <laughs> take some more. So, yeah. Well, congratulations, man. I knew you were going to make it, though. Thanks, thanks. People who uh, are determined, especially when they have the memory of defeat, they usually come back. Yeah. That's what I noticed about, and this is a separate tangent, but when I've been watching basketball long enough now that I've observed that when teams rematch, the team that got beat before usually wins because every player remembers that defeat and they never stop remembering and it fuels like every, like to the last second. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that humiliation. That's what it is. Like my, uh, (laughs) My girlfriend was trying to like, you know, talk me up, like, oh no, you know, it's just your body that gave. I'm just, but I fucking lost. You're right. <laughs> you know, just like, I did not cross the finish line, so that's the only way I could break down in my mind. So, right, you know, it's, right, right. Fucking sucks. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need. I don't need to be lifted up right now. It's got to focus. Um, I do want to do a Spartan thing eventually. Yeah, let's um, do a sprint next year. I could do next year. Yeah. I've been going to the gym regularly. I've been, you know, you know, one thing I learned is I was playing basketball, and no matter how much basketball I played, it wasn't actually a workout. Mm-hmm. Other than cardio, I guess. But, like, I did one actual, like, workout with my lady. And uh, she, like, destroyed me, you know. Like, it was really embarrassing, you <laughs> yeah. know. Like, Where you guys luckily, going? I don't have a big ego about that. So, I was like, whatever. Well, she, we just went to her gym. But she just did this Avenger workout where it's, like, um, you're you're holding yourself up with your hands. And then you're, like, you know, running in place. Oh, okay. Um, mountain climbers. Mountain climbers. And then, see, that's how inexperienced I am. And... And uh, planks and crunches and just like core shit. Oh, dude, yeah. it was. <laughs> I couldn't even. I couldn't do it, man. I got. I got my ass kicked, and uh, so I've been. But because I do have pride, I've been going to the gym by myself and practicing. So next time you're like, <laughs> yeah, now what's up? Yeah, like next time I'm not gonna be like. Uh, but uh, but I did realize how important it is to do exercise with your own body weight. Yeah, yeah, it's very um, like used- lifting isn't the same thing. Like it's good, I guess, but. If you can't hold yourself up for, you know, yeah. your, just your own body weight and do exercise, I feel like you're not really as tough. Yeah, I like mixing some uh, body weight stuff with, like, isometrics right. and along with weightlifting and stuff like that. I like having, like, the full package. Yeah. Um, I used to do – well, back when I first really started getting into shape, I, I went fucking crazy. I was just doing research on anything possible and, yeah. like, how I could get in better shape. Yeah. And, I remember once I, I had, like, a solid routine of just, like, normal weights that I did for, like, the longest time, and I was getting pretty big. 
And then I switched to like kettlebells and I got like way bigger, like way faster, like way stronger. Mm. I was doing like kettlebell routine with like a 65 pound kettlebell and I was just throwing around like it was nothing. It was, wow. It was nice. And then I, you know, like I had a problem with my gut so right. I couldn't lift for a long time. But yeah, like definitely mixing up your workouts and even doing like stuff that traditionally like women do, like yoga and shit, mm. is really good for it. Yoga is amazing. To do. Yeah. I tried yoga. Even one session, I felt the difference in, yeah. in every way. I definitely. And there's a lot of incentive to doing yoga, too. Yeah, the flexibility. Um, uh, what do you call it? Well, I was thinking yoga Balance. pants. But, oh, know. yoga. Yeah, that's good, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These yoga asses are nice, man. No, nah, I was in the beginning class. It was all with all old people. So it was, you know. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm just. I love you, baby. Um, <laughs> uh, she's not going to listen to this shit anyways. She um, should. She'd be, she, be a better person. I'm just kidding. She's, she she's should. awesome. <laughs> uh, you know what? I realize is. Um, I don't care. Is is you can't really I'm not I don't have as much of a I feel like if I force her to listen to it, it's gonna be like me just wanting to stroke my own ego, you know? Yeah. So yeah. if she does, she does, she doesn't I don't care. It's all good. Yeah. Um so what's what's up? What's 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 the problems with the African American community? That I see anyway. Yes. So this is just my own personal opinion. Mm. And it's probably not, it's not going to be a popular one. But sure. <laughs> the reason why I'm bringing this up is because you talked about some stuff that you necessarily didn't like about, you know, the mm. Asian community. Mm-hmm. Like about being kind of more quiet and stuff like that. Right. So there's some things that I, I don't like that happen in my own community that uh-huh. um, I would like to see changed. But uh-huh. um, it's not a popular opinion. So, But okay. I'm going to say it anyway because I don't give a fuck. Do it. All right. Um, one of the reasons why um, you see, especially between the African-American and Asian communities, because I was thinking about it for a long time, is that you were right, like, Asians are, are, are very quiet for the most part. Um, and I think that a lot of African-Americans are really fucking loud when they don't really need to be. You know what I mean? And it's just <laughs> Asians like... Asians are loud as fuck, too. Well, only, like, in your own community, right? Uh, I don't... Uh, you usually don't... Like, I never see... Oh, like, on the street being... Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I mean? Okay. I, I've, I've never really seen that. Uh-huh. Um, I, but I see it all the time. People just like wilding out and shit like that on the street. I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, first of all, shut the fuck up. Right. Like, lower your goddamn voice mm-hmm. and talk to somebody like they're a person. Don't talk like yelling at people and mm-hmm. shit like that and just being an asshole. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing I don't like is like passing down really bad traditions. One mm-hmm. of them I already talked about, like, you know, beating your kids right. and shit like that. And then also the tradition of pushing kids towards sports and entertainment. Um, right. I don't think it's good for our community at all. Um, I think it'd be much better if we um, pushed our kids more towards academics, yeah. having something to actually fall back on. Because you see a lot of people that are in the NFL or NBA, and they're fucking millionaires. Mm-hmm. And when they stop, they're fucking broke. And it's yeah. like, you went from millionaire to broke, and you went to college. Yeah. So what the fuck happened there? Mm. You know what I mean? True. Well, that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to go into uh, like sports when I was a kid, is that I if once your body goes, that's it. Yeah. But I figured my mind would pretty probably last for a long time, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's the way I, I went, and I saw a lot of people that aren't just they're not pushed towards that at all. all right. They talk about um, there's no women in st- in you know like the STEM field, mm. but there's like almost zero like African Americans mm. in the STEM fields, or at least in like the fields that I'm in. I'm in IT. Mm-hmm. I'm almost always the only black guy. On the team, I believe it. Yeah, and it's crazy. I'm sure, you are. But I mean, I don't, I don't really mind, but I would love to see. But it's a sign of what the emphasis in the community is. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I see so many, you know, parents that are being pushed to, or so many parents pushing their kids just, to, oh, play football, play basketball, you know, become a Kobe or fucking some. Why? You don't need mm-hmm. to be a Kobe. You know that the amount of actual influence they have on like real life shit is pretty fucking small. It's true. I I agree with that. I think um, 
you will make much more impact if you're like a black Bill Gates than you are yes. if you're like a black LeBron. Yeah, well, LeBron's black already, but if you're yeah, <laughs> yeah. if you're LeBron, <laughs> so I, I do agree with that. I think, um, and it, it, even in my own experience in Silicon Valley, like if you see a black guy working for a tech company, it's like you just spotted a fucking unicorn in the woods or something. You're yeah. like, you're like, holy shit, it's a black guy. I wonder if they did it like for affirmative action or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, that's one of the funny. Th- this is one of the reasons why I picked this field is because. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really matter what color you are, as long as you have the skills, they will fucking hire you. That is the beauty of it. Yeah. I mean, that is, and and I think you know, and that's the second thought I had is like, well, he must be really smart because I'm sure he overcame their racist like <laughs> stereotypes to be like, wow, we should really hire this guy or girl or whatever. And uh, I th- I do think the problem with athletics or entertainment is those those areas are truly a one percent performer. Uh, Industries. So, yeah. if you're not in that one percent, then most, the vast majority of other people end up having like identity crisis after they wash out or whatever happens yeah. or retire. All of a sudden, they have to like start over their life. Like, what are they going to be? And then a lot of them just end up being gym teachers or something like that. You know, it's yeah. like it doesn't give you many skills. Versus, yeah, in the STEM fields or any other regular job, like you can build a career. You can have more success i guess you could say in 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 the overall aspect of your life yeah but not to say if you're really good at sports or a really good singer that you shouldn't go for your dream obviously yeah definitely we're talking about what communities emphasize on i feel like it's the opposite with asians is that in my community they they always just focused on the boring shit and then if you wanted to be an artist they're like no you're never gonna be an artist you can't be it and and that's why that this there are less creators and really talented um, musicians and blah 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 in in the world that are Asian American because it's probably gonna take another generation for that to happen. You know? Yeah, well, I think it's something that we could really learn from each other's communities. Like you already seen it now with like like Korean rappers and shit like that. It's kind yeah. of funny though, like taking all these cultural cues from the African American communities. Yeah. I, I really wonder what their kids are gonna be like. You know what I mean? That's true. That's <laughs> so true. It's definitely going to be a, a cultural mix of the two. Those are, but those are, those are. They're in Korea though. In America, there's some in America. Like uh, you heard, heard of a guy named Dumbfounded? Yeah, I like Dumbfounded. Yeah. Um, but there's only a few, and they're very yeah. still underground. So I mean, the closest thing we had to a popular was Far East Movement. Oh, yeah, I remember those guys. Yeah, yeah. But they were like a one-hit wonder type thing in, yeah, in they, the United States. They had a couple. They had like three songs maybe, but yeah. I mean, who's even talking about them now? So, yeah, sure. But I think it's it's a reflection of the fact that up to my generation, we weren't really allowed to pursue those. Yeah. So those are the real outliers. And I think now I see so many more kids that are pursuing it from an early age that, you know, hopefully, you know, when they grow up, they, there will be like an Asian Justin Timberlake or whatever that the mass – america can accept it's it's creeping you know how i see it creeping in is because i'm seeing more and more of like little cultural cues that um asians are being like more accepted in normal or like i guess just pop normal culture? american culture yeah even uh-huh. pop culture because like i saw a thing on buzzfeed and i fucking hate buzzfeed yeah but it was like everybody's going to korea to look at this hot fucking security guard and i was just like 
he's just like a normal guy to me. But I'm like, yeah. but it's good though that. But it's good that, that they think he's about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm no, like, I agree cool. with that. I agree with that. It's <laughs> funny. I fucking hate BuzzFeed though. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're part of the devil too. Um. So so what other problems? Is that pretty much the main things? Uh, those are the main ones. I I think bad parenting is another one. Um, so why would this be controversial? Because people don't want to admit it well people don't people, people first of all they don't want to admit it and they mm. I, I don't hear anybody else really talking about it mm. and i've seen like all these you know african-american leaders that don't say anything bad about african-american mm. communities i'm like we're not fucking perfect obviously i mean we have like a lot of problems with the police and it's not just the police's fault mm. so like i don't see al sharpton or fucking jesse jackson or you know anybody like that talking about the problems within the african-american community or how to fix them mm. you know i just hear about external problems and i'm like look the external problems they're really minimized at this point like we really need to figure out why the fuck we have such a low um graduation rate in mm-hmm. our communities why we have such a high violence rate in our communities mm-hmm. shit like that real problems that need to be fixed that nobody's talking about do you think that's because in the struggle to defeat these external problems that acknowledging the internal problems publicly is like adding fuel to the fire or weakening their position in a way well yeah because it's hard to take the quote-unquote moral high ground when there's problems that are like right there you know what i mean so i think they're just kind of ignoring them to the detriment of our own community Mm, that's a good point so yeah that's some some of my thoughts on that shit (laughs) <laughs> nice. Well, thanks for illuminating. Yeah, you. yeah, and I think we don't have to go through number five because I think we already kind of talked about it. Staying active in life. Yeah, yeah. Well, we sort of talked about it, right? Because we're yeah. talking about like fitness and shit like that. Yeah, but I think it's important. I agree. Yeah. If you're not happy with yourself, fucking fix it. <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's a good point. I think every at some point everybody has to take stock in their life and not be afraid of the answer and look at themselves and ask, "Am I happy?" And if they are not happy, then that's when the journey begins to figure out what is it that they're unhappy about and what do they have to change, you know? Yeah, I've seen a lot of it with, like, married couples that are not happy. And I'm just like, why are you still married? Like, I mean, it, <laughs> it sucks to get divorced and right, get wrong. Right, but, right. dude, it's so much better to just, like... Be divorced and happy than yeah. married and happy. You know, actually, that is a good topic. I, I have observed a lot of married couples... And um, one of my greatest fears slash something I just won't be able to accept is that is how so many couples like just would rather be married and accept like the quiet depression or the quiet desperation that comes with not actually living their life fully. And I have seen plenty of couples on the other spectrum where they're both individually enjoying their lives, but being together allows them to have uh, even more support and yeah. a great uh, experience. So I think, you know, on the high level, if you can find a partner like that, then it makes your life obviously so much better because nobody wants to die alone, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if you're if you're stuck with somebody or choosing to be stuck with somebody that makes you really unhappy, you're, you're really just killing yourself, and uh, you might as well just end it. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna die a little bit each day. It fucking yeah. sucks. It's gonna physically manifest itself, and then it, it's gonna really start fucking you up. And I've seen it happen to plenty of couples, man. It's just like, what the fuck happened to you? You know what I mean? It's right. like it used to be this fun <laughs> guy or girl, and right. all of a sudden you're with this other person, and you're just like totally different. It's a quiet resignation. There's like this almost like. It becomes almost hypnotic, I feel like, that yeah. they just settle into this 
idea that that is their life. And, um, but that's fucked up because you pass it on to your kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's better to be divorced and teach your kids how to have a healthy life or whatever than be so miserable that you're going to teach them that's what they should expect too, you know? Yeah, because you're kind of checked out every time you're at home, you know? Even with your kids, you'll be a little checked out, you know? That fucking Yeah, because you're unhappy with yourself. You know, I was thinking about the other day that's that's really fucked up. Uh In any relationship that you're in, it's Uh always going to end in some kind of heartbreak. Because even if even if you last forever, one of you is gonna fucking die first. Unless you die hand in hand together. That's funny. You know what I mean? That's like that's the saddest shit ever. That is true. Well, you could go out like the Notebook, where you like hold hands and you just die at the exact same moment together. That's like so rare, though. I you know, know it's that's like also a movie. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, really <laughs> it's just like man, I was just thinking about it's like no matter what, like you kind of one of you is gonna be kind of fucked in the end. You know, that is a good point. I guess. Oh, that's interesting. I think, but then that goes back to the the saying of it's better to love and loss than never love at all. Yeah, that's true. You still have to choose, you know, because yeah. I'd rather have that pain than uh, uh, the depression of never have been in love or never have had a good relationship. Um, but you're right. It is definitely, it does end in heartbreak for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I, I, I try now to, to really do my best to enrich the life of uh my girlfriend kmax so mm-hmm. i'd like the every day i try to make sure that you know she's happy and that mm-hmm. i'm happy right and that we're not in just some shitty loveless relationship you i know, agree because time is is limited on this earth so yeah and and you know that's a good point because uh i i have learned that um it takes effort it takes a conscious effort to want to make the other person happy and not being complacent or you know that's being complacent is the first step to taking someone for granted yeah you know and then and that's when the shit starts going down the tube um you know and the other thing i realized is that so after so my my longest relationship was like about six years uh, almost and um when i came out of that i dated some people and then i realized that I have a lot of pride in the stuff that I do, like my directing. I want to be a great director. I don't want to just be an average one. Like, yeah. I want to be good at what I do. When I play basketball, I know I'm not Kobe, but when I'm on the court, I want to be my best. You know, right. I have pride in that. But then I realized, like, most men don't have any pride in being a good boyfriend. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no conscious pride in, like, I'm going to be awesome at this and fuck all you other people who suck at it you know it's just kind of like they people get in a relationship and they get into their robot mode and they just kind of like do what they think is i guess what they were taught mentally or whatever yeah but i realized yeah so the next time i have a girlfriend i'm gonna be like the most awesome boyfriend and really like be supportive like really take an interest in in what's going on with their lives and then do all the little things to make sure that they're happy um and since then, I've learned that I am, like, an amazing boyfriend. There you go. All wow. right. <laughs> and it also, for the guys out there, when you are really great at that, it translates into much more blowjobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> so do it for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Make yourself <laughs> if happy. If you have to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is true, well, though, that, that saying about the happy wife, the happy life or whatever. I actually kind of hate that saying. Why? Because nobody ever talks about happy husband, happy life. You well, I, mean? I think they're pre pre <laughs> you're right. I mean, it does have to go Well, but I feel like it's because when if you if you can make your girls are uh, guys are much more I feel like girls put more effort in and guys get lazy quicker. Really? In relationships. Well, 
I think so. I think guys are can historically, let's say, like yeah. I think guys definitely can be the ones that you know come home, whatever, kick their shoes off, drink their beer, shut the fuck up. You know? <laughs> and then it's like that's true. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. the wife has to do all the work. So I feel like, but if you just take that little effort to make your girl happy, like they will naturally do all the extra stuff, like, and you don't even have to ask them, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. Mm. So be, what is, what did he used to say? The, uh, damn it, be good to yourself and each other or some shit like that? What mm. was that? Jerry Springer or something like that? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't remember. He used to have this catchphrase or some yeah. shit. I, uh, I don't agree, though, with, and this is a separate tangent, I don't agree with women thinking they're always right, though. Yeah, fuck that. That is bullshit. <laughs> There's no be human being that is always right, and I think... When girls have this, like, smug, like, social, like, I'm right because I'm a woman. It's like, that only damages you because you're doing some shit wrong and you need to fucking clean that shit up. Otherwise, you're going to get dumped. <laughs> yeah, I think that goes back to almost like childhood. And this is another thing that I, I don't like seeing with parents mm-hmm. is that they have that they give their kid the queen or king mentality. Yes. It's like, motherfucker, you are neither. You're not a princess. <laughs> you're not a king. You're not a prince. You're nothing. You're just a kid. Yeah. All right? You, right. Have, you have a lot of shit to learn. I think a lot of people, they grow up thinking that they're like hot shit. And it's like, no, you're just a normal person. Treat people with respect. I you know? agree because you're right. When they're raised as a princess or whatever, they they apply that to their relationships. And then when they don't get treated that way, they get all fucking butthurt yeah. and like act out. And uh, actually, that was something my lady said to me. And she said, I'm your princess or whatever. I'm like, you're not my fucking princess. Like, I'm not your dad. Like, <laughs> like you can be my queen someday if I'm the king, I guess. But, you know, who gives a shit about all that? Like, yeah. you know, like princess, princess syndrome is toxic, man. Like, nobody fucking likes dealing with the princess. No. I, I don't know where the that mentality came from either. It's just like, you're not... I mean, you're just... You're not over anybody else. No. You know? Just, you and gotta, nothing is, should be just handed to you. No. No. You gotta earn. Yeah. Yeah. With really good blowjobs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> blowjobs are great, by the way. They are. They are amazing. <laughs> They're amazing. Um, yeah. So, we have a shitload of questions, and some of them are fucking yeah. long. Okay. So um, Let's do this. I'll let you read the first one. I don't know if we're going to read the whole question or... Uh, I could I could summarize this. Okay. So this is from uh, a great anonymous... I'm, uh, I'm going to call him Ninja Turtle. Call him Ninja... <laughs> which one? Raphael? Um, uh, no, Leonardo. Leonardo. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll call him one. Leonardo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this is from Leonardo. Um, basically, it's a question about how to reduce friction between Asian businesses and black customers. This is a very good, very good topic. Yeah. Um... Kind of talking about, you know, for instance, the interactions at Chinese fast food restaurants, I guess, between the Chinese owners and the black customers. Yeah. Um, or even a more serious topic like the L.A. riots, the, the tension between the Korean business owners and the the black uh, customers or whatever. Well, even like the community, too. Community, Just like period. when the L.A. riots happened, it's fucked up. Yeah. Right. Um and so then we're, I guess we're addressing the issues of, you know, language barriers, cultural norms, um, and whatever deeper issues. I think, um, first of all, Leonardo, thank you for this. This is, this is a very good, this is actually a serious conversation, you know, this, yeah. this would require some thought. Um, I think it does go back to the fact that black and yellow culture is very different. Asians are in public are much more quiet and much more subservient in a lot of ways and black people are much more extroverted we'll just say introverted versus extroverted yeah um 
Asians, and so, okay, so I would say like any problem, and this is just my opinion, in any problem, it takes two to tango. So I think both communities are probably doing stuff to make, to add to the tension. Yeah. Um, Asians, from my perspective, are racist. <laughs> <laughs> At least, you know, whatever, the, the old school Chinese restaurant owners um so i'm just gonna put that out there <laughs> uh but i've experienced racism from the black community as well yeah we're when somebody this is like a new thing <laughs> yeah where people are like black people can't be racist motherfucker please <laughs> yeah like the new definition it has to like power plus something uh-huh. and it's like that's not what it means no because first of all black people have power everybody on this everybody yes, in america have have power, power. Yourself, yeah well it's not even just that it's like we have an African American president, mm. you know, or he's half, but it's you know everybody considers him black. So yeah, I mean we we have power. There's black CEOs. There's yes. there's black managers. For somebody to say that it takes power plus whatever the fuck the other thing is, just it's totally not true on either point. All right. So anyway, keep racism going. is just ignorance. Really, it's ignorance towards each other with that without the willingness to learn. Yeah, yeah. and so I, I've seen it from both sides. You know, power plus privilege. That's what it oh, was. Is that what it is? Yeah. That's just power and privilege. It's not racism, you know. But yeah. but you know, for me, like growing up, I definitely experienced times where, you know, black people would be racist to me, and they definitely had that like, uh, mentality. Like, well, you can't say shit back to me because you're gonna be racist if you say something. Yeah, but I can't shit. say sh- you can't. You know, I can say whatever the fuck I want. You know, and yeah. and I think that's more of an expression of their, uh, powerlessness, that they feel like, uh, you know. That they have a right to show some sort of level of racism without repercussions, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, But anyways, but the point is that both sides, I think, don't understand each other because the cultures are so different. And then they're not making an effort. And so, you know, like, Chinese, the thing about Chinese restaurants, though, is like, Chinese people in general are very curt. (laughs) Yeah, to say order, get your shit, get the fuck out. Yeah, I mean they're bringing you the, <laughs> the receipt. I mean the yeah, your check before you're really done eating. You know, <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. And and honestly, I don't trust a Chinese restaurant where they're nice because I don't <laughs> really? think the food's gonna be good. Wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm saying they should be racist, but I'm just saying like that's their cultural kind of norm. Is like they're they're pretty hardcore about that. So yeah. Um, but that being said, if you're living in America. And you're going to raise kids that are going to be American. Um, you're going to have to learn to accept each other because we're only going to get more mixed. And um, to be ignorant and not desire to learn, and to let your to teach your kids those values, you're only making life harder for them. Yeah, um, I think one of the other points that should be made mm-hmm. is that I think a lot of African Americans they take for granted that. Uh, people that are new to America mm-hmm. don't have they they have a totally different culture and they put in absolutely zero <laughs> effort to learn what that culture is right and they just think that oh he's doing it something different fuck him right you know it's just like no 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 like some people don't even understand that if if somebody that's I think it's it's a Korean community like they don't hand you the money they put it on the on the table uh-huh. and that's normal. Yeah. Like, but somebody might take offense to that, but it's like, no, 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 uh, no. That don't mean any offense. It's just, you might want to ask them why the fuck they're doing that. You know what I mean? Right. And then you'll understand. But there's no effort on, I guess, both sides really to understand what's offensive and what's not. You know? I think, you know, that's interesting. I think um, when people are not trying to learn each other and when they get offended by each other, I think it's 
it's almost like you know everybody takes everything personally so it's almost like being so different from me is almost like why i guess i would take it personally if i was ignorant but take it personally in terms of like almost like it's a commentary on me as well yeah you know um but i don't yeah I don't know exactly what those racist Asian people are thinking when a black person comes in that, you know, that makes them act that way. But they're definitely not as nice as they would be to, like, a white person that has more similar attitudes publicly or something. Um, But when it comes to LA riots, which is a much more serious thing, I mean, you had a lot of tension in the Korean and black community leading up to it. I think it's, um, again, the, the... problem of the asian business owners coming in to the community having businesses but then not being a part of the community in any way um so they're just i mean well in that instance there was like some special circumstances right first mm-hmm. of all they're rioting everywhere and that's they're, they're fucking up everything yes and the korean community were one of the only groups that were arming themselves and protecting what was theirs mm-hmm. um i don't see anything wrong with that like if your community is fucking up your business I think you have the right to defend yourself. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, the, regardless of race, I mean, if somebody's coming to loot my business, I wouldn't feel bad about repelling them. <laughs> yeah, but nobody else is doing it. Like, no. yeah, Everybody else is just like, well, fuck it. And they weren't getting any help from the cops. So <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Koreans, I mean, Koreans have a history of repelling invaders. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> nobody should so, just take it laying down. So, so maybe that's why they were like that. I don't know where the fuck they got all those M16s from, but... Uh, they had them, yeah. <laughs> and they were on the roof. And I mean, uh, but you know, it's funny because I was researching a little bit, and I read that there were a lot of people in the Korean Korean community that were denouncing police violence violence after the riots and trying to make the community more yeah. whole and connected. You know, um, I think. But I think to answer this question more specifically, which is the how to reduce friction between Asian businesses and Black customers. I think the deeper thing to remember is that we're we're Asian humans and black humans. We're not yeah. just Asian business owners or customers. Those are reducing us to, you know, roles. So I think the way for the friction to end on a greater level is for the cultures to experience each other more. So and and to find things that they like about each other. Like for instance, like the last three black girls that I dated all loved Korean dramas. <laughs> that's, that's probably why they dated me you yeah, know? Yeah. and uh but that's not wasn't my experience five years ago or six years ago or whatever yeah. you know what i mean and obviously you know you have a show like fresh off the boat and this taiwanese kid is like loving hip-hop you know what i mean yeah. and so i think on a deeper level it's like if we can entertain each other if we can um show each other things that that we appreciate i think that's what starts reducing the friction because these kids who grew up like even for me for instance like growing up loving tupac or nas or whatever like it's really fucking hard for me to be racist against black people if i enjoyed so much of their culture growing up you yeah know what I that's mean? like something i was going to bring up is that i think it's hilarious how people would take they, they take something that is as beautiful as somebody cooking food for me from their own culture and giving it to me <laughs> and nourishing me and then fucking up the whole interaction you know what I mean? I'm just like, what the fuck? Right, right, <laughs> yeah, it's right, like, right. like you 
like the little cultural things that you know i guess you being curt with me is going to piss me off but mm-hmm. it's like but you're still feeding me yeah you know what i mean so that it's is like, true i think if people just like and at a very down, cheap price yeah yeah <laughs> i think if people really broke down just the basics of what you're doing right like you, you should really appreciate it that much more because i can't fucking cook any kind of well probably some asian food but right, 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 right. hardly any at all and the fact that they give me this delicious food at a you know a cheap price and so at some points bringing it to me at my fucking home it's great yeah so no i'm with that i think um it's like when I think of all my friends that I grew up with that are Asian, it's like none of us are fucking racist against black people because um, we all loved hip hop. We all enjoyed uh, sports and things like that. Well, I grew into sports later, but uh, I think if you're a decent human being, if you if you grow up early enough, if you're exposed to it early enough, then it automatically reduces a lot of that type of uh discrimination and stuff because it's yeah. becoming part of your personality really early on yeah it's, you know it's what I mean? the melting pot for a reason yeah. yeah so i think um you know if we want to help each other reduce friction we should introduce each other to cool stuff that from each other's culture you know yeah like um watching luke cage from beginning to end or like watching crouching tiger and stuff you yeah. know like uh like entertain each other first emotionally and then the business stuff was, will probably take care of itself. Yeah, it's good. All right. Cool. Sec- second one is a stereotype about Asian driving. <laughs> um, what is our opinion on that? Is it really an Asian phenomenon or, has, or does it have to do with uh, immigrants regardless of nationality or race? Um, I guess like is there different like norms or conditions in other countries that we just don't have in America where people are just kind of driving differently here that come over here or – well, I guess what are your opinions well, on Well, first, what is the stereotype? Is it all Asians are bad drivers or is it Asian women or is it... The like, stereotype is all. All Asian. Okay. Yes. okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, man. That's a tough one. And I know um, it's not all. So. No, no. We're talking stereotypes about, you know... Oh, fuck. Well, okay. Well, I'm going to keep it real. When I first started driving, every time somebody pissed me off on the road, it was always an Asian lady. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, "Stereotype is real, I guess." But then I thought maybe it's just Asian women because I have plenty of Asian male friends, and none of them drive badly. So I'm not quite sure. I don't think I agree that it's all Asians are bad drivers. Mm-hmm. I do think middle-aged Asian women are ter- terrible drivers. Um, but also, I think they come from countries where the roads on the laws are way more relaxed. Cause yeah, yeah. Even, like, going to Morocco, which is not an Asian country, but that was crazy, man. The way they drive there is nuts. I mean, there's, like, no streetlights almost. And wow. Everybody, four-way intersections, all that stuff, they just figure it out on their own. Same thing, like, if you look at India or whatever, like, those... It's just more lawless. So I think they... Uh, come here and they're supposed to like follow the rules and it's just harder to maybe um but also i do think that so it's probably the conditions of where they came from and maybe when they learn to drive uh because if you learn to drive as an adult you're probably less attuned to all the non-verbal signals about how to drive well and, and stuff like that and uh yeah i don't know but fuck maybe the stereotype is true halfway Maybe a little. What's your experience? Well, my experience isn't actually like like 
even the vast majority of Asian drivers are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a few Asian drivers that are bad, but I think that's just <laughs> the norm of any you know group of people. Right. They're always going to have somebody that's bad at something. Right. Um, but for me, the biggest group of bad drivers are fucking soccer moms. <laughs> Holy shit. So I'm a, I'm a biker. Or I, I used to be like a hardcore biker. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know in a car. I just had a motorcycle. Uh-huh. And almost every single incident where somebody almost fucking killed me. Mom. Always a soccer mom. Yeah. There's a certain obliviousness that goes on with the mom group. Soccer mom group, maybe? Yeah, yeah. But, um, well, they think that their shit is way more important than your life. I'm just like, no, sorry. I don't give a shit if you have a baby on board or not. And maybe there's <laughs> a part of their brain that is just totally distracted by all the shit that they're dealing with in their life. I don't know. But uh, but I'm going to say, I'm going to strike that stereotype down officially. I'm going to say that out of 100 Asian drivers out there, there's no way that 90% of them are bad drivers. Um, but unless they are middle-aged Asian women, in which case... I might say that's true. So where do you think the stereotype came from? Think it was just like some bullshit somebody made up or You know what? That's a good question. Maybe it was because you had a whole generation of immigrants that came uh, here. That's true. And they, they were probably all drive. bad drivers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But when I think about people my age, I don't think they're bad, so Yeah, especially when you have the influence the, I guess the influx of like the Vietnam War, right. whole shitload of immigrants, refugees, yeah. Korean War, yeah. whole shitload of fucking Koreans yeah. coming over. So Yeah. Yeah. And they're yeah. of course they're bad drivers. So I think Perhaps the stereotype was true, but I don't think in my generation it's really as applies as much. Okay, and you can go over his, his third topic. Third topic is a quick comment about the masculinity slash passivity topic about Asian males. Actually, it's good that he's bringing this up because after I thought about this, I realized I wanted to speak more about that, the Asian masculinity issue. Um he is questioning the role that U.S. plays in creating these perceptions, which is kind of like how in war there's always propaganda diminishing the enemy. So you you turn Germans into demons or whatever, and you know Asians are whatever the fuck yellow, blah blah blah, and stuff. Um, that might have a part to play on it. I think. Um, I think in media, I didn't think about it until he brought it up, but mm-hmm. I think in media back oh, like a long time, well, not a long time ago, but like in the 60s and 70s, especially during around the Vietnam War, um, they had some really fucked up depictions of Asians. And I was just yes. like, wow, I think that might still be lasting to today. Yeah. And it also doesn't help when you have um, Koreans, doing, specifically Koreans, doing things that we would find uh, fe- uh, feminine. Like makeup right. and shit like that, yeah. Um, which is totally normal in Korea, but is not normal in America for a male to wear any kind of makeup. Uh, oh, that's so gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I was pretty disappointed by that. Um, <laughs> People got so mad when I brought that shit up, huh? Like because we were watching, we we do reaction videos right for yeah. BTI. And we would be like, are those guys wearing makeup and yeah. lipstick? People get so fucking angry. I'm like, dude, I'm literally just bringing up yeah. like what I'm seeing. See, but that goes back to similar to um, you saying black people are denying some of their faults or whatever. I think Asian people need to own their faults. And it's like, first of all, I'm not saying it's a fault. You can wear whatever the fuck you want. Okay. Face, okay. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, that's a very good point. So in the world, you could do whatever the fuck you want. If your culture likes to wear makeup and you're male, that's totally fine. Uh, I think I'm referencing it against um, American ideals of what a, a male is. Yeah. You know? Um, but with that being said, I do think that Asian Americans, um, I think I was a little too soft and nice on them last time. I want to be come out the gates a little bit harder <laughs> oh, and, <shit. laughs> and say that Asians need to man the fuck up. 
and a, a lot of them. I do think in my generation and the future, there is a lot more out there, you know? Yeah. Um, but as a whole, we are passive and we are letting people just step on our image. And I see it even in the media. It's like you have uh, fucked up things happening to Asians being appropriated and turned into white you know, actors taking their roles or whatever and all this stuff. And every time something happens, there's only like two Asian celebrities that say anything about it. And they're always very like PC about their response. They're afraid of getting stepped on or losing their opportunities or whatever. And so I see that they're even at the highest levels of who represents us in the culture. They're afraid to speak out strongly. And so I think that Asians males if they want to appear more masculine they need to act more masculine they need to step up on a lot of ways like uh just have more swag and and not be fearful about the consequences because that's like let's face it there'll be some casualties (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time like that's the only way to to make progress you know what i mean like that's why i love david cho because like yeah i love that dude you know what i mean like (laughs) he says what he wants he fucks whoever he wants he talks about it and he's not scared about being judged but i feel like asian most asians are very afraid of being judged and afraid of losing their place in society or losing the face or whatever it is to be fair though david cho literally has fuck you money so but he was like that before (laughs) he had the money though that's Uh, the thing well he wasn't really well known before the facebook thing right But, but the point is like he he was he didn't had no fucks to give before the money came. Yeah, because well, he went down his own path. That's very true. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even like in his documentary, I remember there's this one clip where he's like beating the shit out of like this like fifteen year old boy. <laughs> what the? I don't know. It was like somebody did something. He just grabs this kid on the street and just like, kicking the shit out of him. I was like, holy shit, this guy's a fucking asshole. Yeah, <laughs> like he's fucking savage man. <laughs> he's a savage though. But and the point is, you don't have to like him. Here's here's what I realized about being masculine or having swag or whatever. People don't have to fucking like you, but if they know that you are going to be you and you don't apologize for it, they will respect you. Yeah, that's true. And that that is the truth, man. They, they could hate you, but they could respect you at the same time. But if you don't stand up for yourself and you don't say what you really feel, if you don't dare to offend people when it's just your true self, they won't respect you for shit. And so I think that, you know... It affects us in every way. So if 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 one person does it, it affects them. If a hundred thousand people do it, it affects everybody. Yeah. In yeah. terms of the perception of we're masculine or not. So I mean, for all the if there's any you know Asian American listeners, I don't even know if there are, but in the future and if they're young or whatever, like go out there and like just fucking hurt yourself. Like tell the girl <laughs> that you like them. Like, try, you know, fail, fine, but fucking try, you know what I mean? Like, I remember when I first started dating, or even tried to date, dude, I was so shy, like, I couldn't even, like, like, getting a girl's number was, like, the biggest fucking deal, right? And then I get the girl's number, and I'd be, like, agonizing over for days, like, when am I supposed to call? What the (laughs) fuck am I gonna say? And I would, like, literally get, like, cold sweats and be so fucking nervous, and, like, but you know what? I just forced myself to do it, and I did it over and over again, and I got rejected plenty of times, but now I'm in a place where I got I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm not afraid of any chick. I don't care if they're hot or they're not or whatever they look like. And ever since I stopped, once I got that thick skin, you know, going through the pain, like, you know, the the range of women that 
are responsive to me like totally opened up like it became any type of woman you yeah know? i think in american culture we have diminished the power of failure yes to such a point yes that people are just they're used to getting what they want and they mm-hmm. don't step out of the little comfort zone mm-hmm. and it's getting even worse now with all these safe spaces and shit like that like you're not <laughs> you're not good in a safe space i'm sorry yeah like if you go into a safe space like the rest of your life is coming probably gonna be kind of fucked yeah i mean to be honest because you're not you're basically gonna be a baby for the rest of your life yeah um yeah failure especially as a young adolescent male or even as a female it, it's very important because mm-hmm. you need to know first of all what your limits are what you can and cannot do and then once you learn your limits you need to learn how to operate within those limits you know and what then I mean? how to expand them yeah I think, how to expand them, you yeah. know I, that does bring up a good point i think the key thing is we focus on the failure but what we should focus on is resilience yeah it's not the failure it's not even trying it's the getting up part that makes you better you know what i mean yeah so like you know i got rejected so many times got my heart broken so many times by so many girls that you know were like out of my league or whatever and then even when i started dating girls i was like wow this is really pretty or whatever and then you know i'd be like really uncomfortable you know mm-hmm. and then now i'm like whatever like i when i look at a girl i'm actually judging them on their character and not my ego like oh if this girl is pretty and she responds to me that's gonna make me feel good yeah instead i'm just like well who the fuck is she like does she actually fit my needs in terms of what i want in a relationship yeah. you know and i feel like that kind of swag that kind of like not giving a fuck like actually um translates in a very nonverbal way because i was at this party which, by the way, disclaimer to my lady, I didn't do anything wrong. But, um, <laughs> but, but, but she doesn't even know this story. But uh, this will be a good test if she listens to this podcast or not. But um, so I'm at this fucking party, and it's like, uh, th- long story short, I ended up getting surrounded by like four white chicks, like in a room, and it was just me hanging out with them, and we were talking like about deep stuff and relationships and sex and love and stuff. And they were, like, really feeling me. Like, the girl next to me, like, kept putting her hand on my knee and, like, you know, all that stuff. Oh, and he's like, getting close. And, uh, <laughs> and then, well, I told them I have a girlfriend at, oh, when man. I was, like, when it started getting to that point where I was, like, oh, this is this is getting a little uh, this is getting a little too intimate. I, I, I was, like, oh, I got to go pick up my girlfriend, which was true, and I left. But, um, but the point is that I think the younger me would have been, like, oh, fuck, I'm in a room with these girls. I'm the only guy. Like, what am I going to do? You know, I would yeah. shrink from it. But instead, I was like, I I realized, like, this moment. I was like, wow, I should appreciate this, that I'm the only guy in the room. I'm Asian. And they're, like, really want to know what the fuck I'm saying. And, like, I just embraced it. I was like, I'm just going to be the man. And, like, it's funny because other guys came in the room and they checked in, saw that we're just, like, having our moment. And they were like... Whoa, this guy's like, okay, I'll leave you alone. And then just, you know. Defeated without a word. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, if I was single, I would have definitely, like, you know, picked one and, you know, try to work on it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But but the point is that what I'm trying to say is that masculinity is a journey you got to take. It does involve pain. It does involve failure. Um, But, again, like, if you are willing to go through that pain, like – when you look back on it you'll be like so thankful that you did it because you'll look at all the other people that are still afraid to take those steps and you know it's like a totally different world you know yeah yeah (laughs) yeah failure failure's good 
Failure is good. Yeah. I think that uh, the worst kind of people on this planet are people that are like silver spoon in their mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those are like the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um, that was good. Actually, we can kind of sort of segue because you were talking about relationships. Sure. So this is from Stitch. Yeah. And he was asking. Uh, wait, wait. Damn, he wrote this all fucking weird. <laughs> he wrote oh, it like he was drunk. Yeah. Can I? I'll, I'll read it just like the way he fucking wrote it. <laughs> I had would be from an Asian perspective. <laughs> Has he experienced issued from interracial dating towards him, and what are they? I actually, well, he didn't put they at first, but I put that in. Yeah. And uh, Are there any family issues because of it? Oh, wow. Okay. Like, from either side of the family. Like has, has your family been accepting of, because you mentioned that you had uh, black girlfriends that they've been accepting of Well, I never or... take my girlfriends home unless they're serious, so oh, they okay. never met So them. they weren't serious? They weren't serious. This motherfucker. Just... Why weren't they serious? <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, casually dating. Um, I, uh, ooh, that's a good one. So my mom told me that, uh, okay, so my mom for sure, it, I know, is just wants me to be with a good woman. So she doesn't care about the race. Also, the thing is, I might be a little different because my family has a history of dating, like marrying, like, outside of, like, my cousin married a white guy and... My uncle married a Japanese lady during the time when that's like the last <laughs> fucking yeah. person you can marry. So, anyways, we have a history of that. But um, uh, my dad did tell me once that he wanted me to marry a Korean girl specifically, not even just Asian. Um, and it was for such a selfish reason, which was he was like, when I get old, they're not going to understand me if they're not Korean. Oh, is, oh. does he only speak Korean? No, but I'm just like, what the fuck, yeah. Dad? I'm like, yeah, but when you get old, I'm the one that's got to live with them. I'm like, yeah. anyways, it was just funny. That he's... <laughs> and, um, so I actually honestly have not uh, experienced any issues. I think, um, but if I'm going to keep it real, though, if I brought a black girlfriend home, I would have to tell them ahead of time that I'm not dating an Asian girl and she's black <laughs> and she's really cool. So just be open minded, and that's what I would say. Um, but I have heard plenty of times in 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 Asian co- communities like date anyone you want, just not a black woman. Wow, <laughs> that's that the racist crazy. part. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 where the ignorance and the racism comes from. So I feel like you know that's why my firm belief is everybody should mix interracially, and uh, until it becomes such a melting pot that. You can't hate each other, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, um, there's there's a similar thing in the African American community. There's mm-hmm. so much hate towards like African American males dating white chicks. Right. It's just like it blows my fucking mind. Right. Like you'll get such fucking dirty looks right. and people saying shit behind your back. I'm just like, this ain't got nothing to do with you. Right. It, I, yeah, I don't I don't understand where all that shit comes from. Yeah, they, I, I don't know either. It's definitely taking a personal offense to a non person like an issue that's not their personal issue. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I. I don't know. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's the idea that you're supposed to continue your culture and you're bringing in somebody that doesn't understand it, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But um, but I have, like I told you, I think I did say it in the podcast before. I did I did experience when I did take that girl to the restaurant that the service was slower and much suckier than I've ever experienced before. Yeah. And, uh, and I was definitely like, it mm, seems like it's because she's black. And um, uh, the Chinese lady. And the Chinese lady yeah. gave me dirty looks. So I definitely... Um, and then, and then the awkward look from the black guys walking down the street. It wasn't like racist, to be honest. Like it definitely, I didn't definitely didn't get the vibe of like what the fuck, but it was definitely like confusion. Yeah, it was yeah. like what the hell is going on here? Like the <laughs> double take. Um, 
And I never had the opportunity where, you know, I dated them long enough where I would get, you know, um, like introduced to their family or whatever. Um, but if I were going to ever in the future, then I would just, uh, if I were going to go to like a family get together or a party or something, I would just have to practice my dancing before I show Because <laughs> <laughs> we dance at all of our get-togethers. <laughs> I know that was fucked that's, up. That was a good one. <laughs> no, because I've been to I've been to parties, uh, you know, for my boys and stuff. And when people start dancing, I'm like, oh fuck, I'm like the only Asian guy here. I can't dance. Actually, I don't and, fucking dance that much. And then, so, and then they're yeah. gonna be like, oh yeah, the Asians can't dance. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Unless it's Filipino, they're really good. Filipino parties are fucking fun. Yeah, yeah. One of my. <laughs> My old really good friends, he's Filipino. He goes, they throw fucking crazy parties. So much yeah. fun. Yeah, really good food too. <laughs> um, was that racist? What I just said? No, I don't it was funny. It was a joke, right? So I give a fuck. <laughs> well, I'm just speaking from my past experience that there is a lot of dancing at Filipino parties or African American parties. Both, really? Yeah. Well, I've had. Well, I've seen. A We're few talking about like, party though. Yeah, like party parties. There's yeah. music. That's people true. Dance. Yeah, yeah. People dance at parties. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to go to a dinner I'm and then start that's what like I was thinking. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Before we pray, we've got to get down. No. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about like a dinner. I'm talking about like an actual like party you yeah, know, yeah. where there's music going and stuff. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, now it makes more sense. Okay, got it. That's funny. All right, now we got a question I actually had to do research on. Okay. Neither of us knew the answer to this question. Yeah. All right, it's about uh, why do Vietnamese people own so many nail salons? I'll let you take this one even yeah. though I'm the yellow one. Because neither of us knew. Yeah, yeah. But you did the research. <laughs> had, had to look it up real quick. Um, so apparently, uh, there was an actress named Tippi Hedren, and she starred in Alfred Hitchcock's uh, The Birds. And this was during the time of the Vietnam War, or maybe shortly after that. I think it was during the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And there was Vietnamese refugees that were in uh, a camp that were outside of Sacramento. And so she wanted to help out the new refugees, and so she brought... She went there to see what their needs were, to see where they wanted to get jobs. Mm-hmm. And so, but the first thing that they noticed was her manicure, like mm-hmm. basically the way her nails looked. And they all were asking her, you know, how do your nails look like that? And blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay, well, if you like the way my nails look, how about you learn how to do this? Yeah. And they all said yes. Yeah. And so she brought her own beautician, plus some other people that were, you know, in the, the nail salon business yeah. to come and train 20 women um, from that um, camp mm-hmm. on how to, you know, do nail work. And from there, basically, that was a hit. They passed it down to their children. And what they did was they took that knowledge and then undercut everybody right. um, at, at luxury nail salons. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it, was, it was a hit. And basically what you're getting is the passed down knowledge mm-hmm. from, for the most part um, from that one event. So, you know, yeah. that makes perfect sense because in any culture that's coming from a third world country, they're going to have very limited skills very limited knowledge in different areas so they're when they come to the states they're just going to do what they know it's just like when the first generation of koreans come in they're just all opening liquor stores because it doesn't take any skills yeah yeah and that's literally all they could do but then they save their money and send their kids to college and that's why those kids became doctors and shit like that whatever lawyers blah blah but uh yeah that makes perfect sense so i guess i won't wonder that next time i go get a a mani-pedi I never actually had one, but... Are you serious? Yeah. I've gotten them before. It's fucking great. My girlfriend was telling me it's really Yeah, awesome. go, man. Yeah. Be masculine there. Oh, I, you know what? <laughs> I, I'm I'm so masculine that I am I let a girl paint my nails. I really? Could do, yeah. One time I was at some event and they were doing nail painting and she's like, oh, can I paint your nails? And I was like, yeah, sure. She's like, you said that faster than any guy has ever said it. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm comfortable with myself. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. Yeah. 
I oh. did get a lot of funny looks with the next week, though. Really? What, yeah. what color were they? It was like blue and pink. Oh, okay, that's hilarious. Pretty, yeah, it was pretty feminine. Well, I wouldn't want it. I don't know. I, I don't mind like... I should have got like skull and crossbones. Yeah, be yeah, bad. I kind of just let her do what she wanted. I, that was my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, what else? That's pretty much it, huh? Well, there was one more, but it's by somebody that oh. I know. And it's oh, kind of explain a... this one to me, because I'm fucking confused. Yeah, man. go ahead. <laughs> a long time ago, a guy I know told a friend of mine that black people have black tongues. Is that true? So this is a hilarious fuck? story. All right, so there's a friend of mine. Um, she was she was pretty gullible. Okay. And I was... Uh, remember those uh, blow pops that were like, they were like dark blue, but they were basically mm-hmm. turning your mouth black? Uh-huh. So I was uh, I just had one of those and so like my tongue was black. And so she noticed and she looked at me and she's like, Is your tongue black? And so I was like, Oh yeah, you know, there's a certain percentage of black people that just like their genetics, they have uh, black tongues and she believed me, like legit believed me. It was that's so fucking so funny. funny. Yeah. So that that was that story. Oh wow. Yeah, that's, that was that's that's hilarious. Ago. And then did she ever realize that it was bullshit? Yeah, we told her it was bullshit. Because oh, okay, like good. a couple days later she saw my tongue was she's like, Oh, your tongue is pink. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, it was kinda of bullshit. So yeah. That's funny. So okay, I so we could wrap up with the ask a black man or ask. I don't know if you have any questions for me, but um, we went through a lot of questions. But you got you got some for me? I have one. Go ahead. So I went to go watch Birth of a Nation. Mm-hmm. One thing I realized, by the way, if you're going to watch a black film, you need to watch it with a black audience. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a different experience. Oh, it's awesome because you get the authentic reactions of like the people it's meant for. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um. But anyways, it kind of reminded me of something, or I noticed, is that um, I noticed that black people in theaters are much more comfortable talking during the movie. God damn, I fucking hate that shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to bring that up if it wasn't brought up. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a stereotype or if just something I've experienced, but I, I've been watching movies for a couple decades now, and I definitely have observed that that pattern. Uh, in my experience, it's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I shut the fuck up in movies, but I know a lot of people that don't. I'm just like, what? We're, I'm trying to experience this, not you fucking talking. Like, this isn't Mystery Science Theater 3000. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I just want to watch this goddamn movie. Shut the fuck up. Right. Uh, but yeah, it is. It's told for some reason. It seems to be a norm where it's okay to just talk in fucking. So movies. you don't know where that comes from. No idea where it came from. Like, I wish it would go away though. Like for <laughs> me, the funny thing is, like when I was watching Birth of a Nation, I just appreciated it as the experience because I actually got to hear the commentary of you know the audience and it's like when fucked up things were happening there was like people crying and shit you know but then also when there were kind of funny moments or whatever they're just kind of laughing or you know whatever when the white people start getting murdered they're like yeah like you know (laughs) it's like it's cool you know it's like it's like watching a uh it's like if you were like not a fan of football and then you went to go to some bar and you get to watch like the fans like root for their team you know Mm -hmm. you get to appreciate that energy but but anyways so but I did notice that, so I didn't know what that was. Um, the only time I ever talk during a movie, well, but you know what? I don't know if it's just black people because my dad talks in movies all the time. Really? Yeah, it might be just him though because he loves to talk. Um, <laughs> but uh, but the only time I did talk in a movie is went to go watch The Punisher with uh, Thomas Jane, yeah. and the movie was so bad that the last <laughs> thirty minutes of the movie, the entire audience. Was just talking shit and laughing and just make, yelling out shit and it was wow. like actually fun. Yeah, but um, but anyways, all right, that's that was my one question. Well, I had a question for you, but okay. it, it was tied to The Walking Dead, uh, so I can't fucking ask you. Uh, so next Jesus. time, next time, 
<laughs> so you're saying Glenn dies? I'm not saying shit. All I'm saying is you got to watch The Walking Dead and watch it. Yeah. I, I you know what? I'll make a separate comment though. It's funny. I, I, uh, I you put some Facebook status about spoilers, mm-hmm. and I was hell cracking up because I realized like nowadays with really good TV shows, like idiots who spoil it like the next day or the day of, those are like the worst people. Like those are the ones that not just get unfollowed, but I'm like. Should I unfriend your ass? Like, yeah. I feel like I should unfriend you and your family and your fucking dog because yeah. your idiot ass fucking revealed to me some shit. People need to put the spoiler alert in their status update if they're going to spoil it. Something. Oh, yeah. Like, the worst one for me is there was somebody that was in a group where it's like a super tight-knit group and yeah. he's in it. And basically when somebody updates anything, it'll tell me. And if I, it'll tell you like the first couple lines, right? And you, have you watched uh, shit, Game of Thrones? Of course. So this it's spoiler sort of like go back and watch Game of Thrones if you haven't watched it already. It's an awesome fucking show. Mm-hmm. But when uh, the kid died, who was the he was the king for a little while. What the fuck was his name? That guy, that brat. I hate that motherfucker. Which one? The evil one? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck was his name? I forgot. Evil Joffrey. Joffrey. Yeah. yeah. When he died, literally a minute after it happened, the motherfucker put <laughs> he, he said into the group. Yeah, fuck him. I never liked Joffrey anyway. I'm glad he's dead. I was like, you motherfucker. Like, what the... F- who the fuck does that? That's fucked up. Yeah, it's like a little kid that can't hold a fucking secret. You know what I mean? Oh, it's like, dude. Brutal. There's no, there, there is a truly a social sensitivity to that nowadays. Like, you don't spoil that shit. I, one of them, actually, one of my friends did it the right way today. He put on Facebook, he put Walking Dead spoiler alert, and then he literally went like 10 lines yeah. down. Before he made his comment, yeah. So that while I was scrolling, I could visually like cut yeah. myself off before I, I read it, and I was like, "Wow, thanks, dude. You're still my friend." Well, what some guys do now too is that they'll, they'll do that, or they'll put um, spoiler content. Look in the comments, and then they'll com- mm. the first comment will be what they want to say. See, that's extra. That's a gentleman move right there. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah. So for anybody out there, you know, but my friend would hate me because I used to spoil shit for him all the time. Um, <laughs> but. Now I know the error of my ways. Just don't do that shit. Yeah, don't be a dick. No. All right. All right. With that, we're going to wrap it up. Good stuff. Thanks, man. All right. <laughs>